So, good afternoon, Sangha. Can you hear me? So, I am going to lead us all into a little different practice of the Brahma Viharas or Divine Abodes. Some of you might have had some experience with this particular approach. It was, um, it's actually, it was developed by this uh, wonderful white ally who is a um, lama in the Tibetan tradition. His name is Lama John McCransky. And uh, he's also a professor of Buddhist studies at Boston College, just down the road. And um, he actually has developed this approach specifically to address something that many of us might have. I tend to have it sometimes. And that is compassion fatigue. And actually vicarious trauma. You know, we hang out with our beloved relatives and open to everything in our own lives and their lives, particularly nowadays, oh my gosh. We might have compassion fatigue and vicarious trauma. And he actually does trainings on this for social activists. It's specifically for social activists. Are you saying I should talk louder or something? (laughs) Was this just yay? <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> My friend back there is signaling to me. <laughs> so, um, it can be done with any of the four Brahma Viharas, and you know, we know that's friendliness and compassion and sympathetic joy and equanimity. And my understanding, I'm sure someone has said this, but. I like to say it just to water the seeds of that in me, which is it's essentially the same energy. It just changes depending on what you're looking at, right? And it is a central element of clear seeing through sati or mindfulness. I once had this um, insight. I was sitting, it was near the end of the, March month long at Spirit Rock and I had this just insight. It's hard to describe in words because it was not a nonverbal thing where relative and ultimate reality just came apart. And in ultimate reality, I saw that, you know, wisdom, what is wisdom about? It's about not suffering right? I mean, insight is about how not to suffer. And how is that not compassion? So that, you know, the energy of wisdom and compassion are essentially the same energy. So. Another thing about the Brahma Viharas is that you know, we're all have been living in 
a cultural system that wants us to work harder and harder and extract the last ounce of excess labor out of us. (laughs) (laughs) And um, we can bring that attitude to the cushion and to the chair and to the floor that, you know, I want this, I want this, and striving really hard. And striving is a manifestation of like ego clinging and it's the exact opposite of what we're trying to accomplish. So relaxation is a real key element of the practice. And compassion relaxes the mind. All of the Brahma Viharas relax the mind. So they're very useful that way. So I think that when we have, um, you know, when we see suffering or when we see um, injustice, there's a couple of different responses we could have. And it's important to notice what our response is, you know, a natural response is anger and I'm not going to put up with this or fear like, oh my God, I hope I'm invisible right now. And, um, but another natural response, actually the response that's not clouded by, you know, the defilements of greed, hatred, and delusion, and the 100,000 ways those three show up is actually compassion. I actually, even just this morning, I was thinking about, you know, His Holiness the Dalai Lama says, All humans just want to be happy. And that blew my mind. I mean, I've heard that how many times? And this morning I realized that that really is, however distorted that is, that's everyone's motivation in the world. It's just that so many of us don't understand really how to even accomplish that. So if we just remind ourselves when people are acting out that, wow, they just want to be happy. You know, it brings another level of, you know, that's all of our fundamental motivation. So according to uh, Dr. Lama John McCransky, there are a few things that promote compassion. One thing that promotes compassion is safety. That makes sense, doesn't it? So we, it's important that we don't feel obligated to, to be compassionate. And actually, um, I definitely have problems with boundaries. You know, it's like, I wanna be good. And, um, <laughs> I do. And you know, I'm going to tell you so. This is probably TMI, but (laughs) (laughs) I was um, teaching, you know. Actually, I was so happy. Uh, I taught the first part of the three month retreat here last year in September and October. And it was the last time Joseph Goldstein is going to teach it. And he's my teacher. So I was feeling, oh my gosh, I get to sit next to him during the last time he does that. And, um, but I also happened to be pressured by where I work to actually go up 
for full professorship, you know. And I know some of you, you know, or many of you might know what that means. For me, I actually didn't want to do it because part of me felt like it was a symbol of my selling out almost. You know, that I did everything okay by that standard. So I had such mixed feelings about it. And, um, but actually, um, Carol Wilson told me this brilliant thing. She said, Bonnie, you know, you can change the intention of anything that we do. We could work for like the most greedy, terrible person, but have our own intention of why we're doing that. And she said, I know that, you know, you work in poor communities and and tribal communities. Just make that the reason you're going to do it, that you can continue to work in those communities and get paid by somebody else. (laughs) (laughs) And don't have to rely on Donna from poor people because that's going to, you know, that doesn't work a lot. (laughs) So... So safety. And, um, you know, Brene Brown has this wonderful 15-minute video, many of you might have seen it, that the most compassionate people are the ones with the best boundaries. Have you seen that? Yeah, it's like, because your boundaries are also about your integrity. Like, yeah, you know, I love you, but that's not very wholesome there, so. Yeah. So safety and knowing we can love people, but fixing them is a whole nother thing. Confidence really helps and promotes compassion. You know, and we need to decolonize that sense of self-pity that sometimes, for me, I had self-pity my whole life. It was a film over my perception and it was so constant, I didn't even know it was there. We have to decolonize the sense of um, lack of agency because it's not true. And uh, compassion releases blocks and it reduces self-obsession and selfishness. And that is where real love begins, boy. It begins, you know, the most intimacy is when there's not a lot of me, I, and mine there. And for the other person or community, there's not a lot of I, me, and mine there either. It's the most intimate, the sweetest intimacy and love. So those are some reasons why this training, even if you don't feel a second of compassion, it's incredibly wholesome and worthwhile doing. We're just setting the intention over and over and, you know, planting that seed and watering it, putting the compost of all of our greed, hatred, and delusion on it. (laughs) (laughs) And then it will spring up. It absolutely will. So let's get comfortable. And the way that um, the Vajrayana practice as um, done by Dr. Lama John McCransky, is that we pick a benefactor. 
So I'd like you to pick a benefactor. It could be Shakyamuni Buddha. It could be Jesus or God or the Blessed Virgin Mary or, you know, the indigenous spirit that female deity Tunansin or any um, ancestors that you all are working with that just are very benevolent. His Holiness the Dalai Lama. I know some people feel very close to um, Deepama. Could be Deepama. The Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Nelson Mandela. You know, um, Avilokiteshwara, Prajna Paramita any benefactor or it could be someone in your life that you just feel unconditional love from as well so um, if it's possible and comfortable for you i'd like you to sit them behind you imagine that your benefactor deities are sitting behind you Imagine that they are sitting behind you. And first receive your benefactor's wish and energy of love and well-being. Imagine that there's a cloud of thick, whatever color you would like, essence coming from them and enveloping you. And you can just feel this absolute love. They're looking at you with the most kind and loving eyes. And they're seeing every inch of you and smiling and just, you can physically feel the love just enveloping you. And they're saying to you, may you be happy. May you be safe. I love you. I love you. Imagine your benefactor connecting with you and the goodness of your very being beyond all limiting perceptions of yourself. They are seeing your true loving essence. They're seeing the real you outside of any conscious or unconscious ideas we have about ourselves. And they are seeing every inch and they're just loving us. I see you and I love you. Now, let yourself become conscious of any 
physical pain you might have in your body or any anxiety or sadness you might have in your heart. Just respectfully give it some attention. And take the time to sense how this might be for other people too. For our other relatives in the room or maybe people in our lives that we know are hurting or ill or have pain. Just feeling that, bringing that to awareness. How does that feel in the body and in the mind? Now remember that your whole being is being held in absolute love by your benefactor. Your benefactor, he, she, and they are just seeing every bit of it and wishing you deeply well. I see you. I see your pain. I care deeply for your suffering. I'm holding your suffering with kindness and gentleness. May you be free from suffering. Just feel the love. Imagine just being held by this absolute love, unconditional. Seeing every little bit of us. Total acceptance. I see you and I love you. May you be safe and happy. May you be peaceful and strong, however that shows up for you. May your life be easy. May you give love and receive love. Just feel the safety and release of total unconditional love. It's like being held as a baby in the lap of our benefactor. 
I'm here. I love you. I see you and I love you. And just as we're feeling this love, think about others in the room that might have physical pain or mental pain and offer them your benefactor's love. I see you, it's okay. This is just being human. This is all of us. May you be safe and protected. be happy and well. May your life be easy. May you give love. May you receive love. All the love that you need. Just feel your own sense of being enveloped in this beautiful energy. So relaxing and so nourishing. And sending it out to your loved ones who might be suffering. I see you. I love you. I care deeply for your suffering. I'm bearing witness to your suffering. May you be free from suffering. Rest for a while in the cloud of love. Your benefactor so strong behind. Unconditional, unlimited acceptance and love. And then giving it out.
maybe saying the phrases, hearing it from your benefactor. I love you. I see every inch of you, nothing hidden. And I love you. All of your fear, all of your doubt, I see it and I love you. And imagine that you are accepting this love energy and every part of you is loved. And by accepting this loving, healing energy into your own suffering feelings, that it's healing. And imagine that you are accepting it for all beings that are suffering. Being human is like this. And being loved is like this for everyone. Just imagine for a while your benefactor holding you and loving you unconditionally and telling you, I love you, I love you. feeling held by the benefactor's love unconditionally by their wishes for our well-being and their confidence in us, totally confident that we can have profound well-being, letting go of any self-doubt or lack of worthiness You deserve to be totally happy and well. It's your birthright. It's your birthright to be awakened. 
total confidence in you. Now, I'd like you to recall a feeling or a moment when maybe you were at your worst, saying or doing something that makes you ashamed to remember, something that you wish maybe hadn't come out of your mouth or an action that you've done. How does that make you feel when you remember that? How does it feel in your body? How does it feel in your heart to remember an action that put us at our worst? Just open to that, not with a lot of words, just the feeling. How does that make you feel? And now remember that your benefactor is sitting behind you and they're seeing every inch of it. They are seeing everything that we have ever done that was hurtful or mean or selfish or greedy. And they're saying, I love you. I see all of it and you deserve love. I accept you. You are in my heart. Being human is hard and you deserve love. I love you. Feel wrapped in the love of the benefactor, totally seen and totally accepted. I love you. them holding us to their hearts. It's okay, it's okay. I care deeply for your suffering. I see your suffering. 
I'm holding your suffering with kindness and gentleness. May you be free from suffering. Now imagine our feelings of doing something mean or being at our worst, something that makes us feel ashamed. And now think of someone who might have hurt us. Maybe not our worst enemy, a friendly enemy, maybe a frenemy. (laughs) And bring them to mind. And imagine them feeling this sense of, wow, I'm so sorry I did that or the feeling of shame or regret. And channel the benefactor's love. I see you. I know what happened and I love you. Being human is hard. You were just trying to be happy. I care deeply for your suffering, channeling the benefactor's acceptance and love and wisdom. I care deeply for your suffering. I'm holding your suffering with kindness and gentleness. I can bear witness, it's hard. I love you. Every inch seen, every inch known, and I love you. Sending that acceptance and love out in all directions for all the perpetrators out there. Being ignorant is so difficult, so painful. May you hold your shame and hurt and addiction and despair and hopelessness. May you hold it with love and patience. May you be free from suffering. Now coming back to ourselves Just opening to all of our own pain, our feelings of anger and betrayal and hurt. Just opening. 
and feeling the love of our benefactor. And imagine that they're talking to us. May you be safe and happy. May you be healthy and peaceful. May you have what you need. May you be free from suffering. And so just rest for a while in that cloud of total love and acceptance. Maybe the phrases will help or just the image of a cloud of unconditional love surrounding us. Just rest there for a while.
as we close, let's feel that confidence that our benefactor has in us. You so deserve to be free. We're the same. It's in there, it's your birthright. You can do it. I love you and I know you can do it. Feel their confidence and their support. I'm with you, always. Call on me anytime. (coughs) I'm with you. Thank you, Buddha Booker. <laughs> ah, any questions or comments or insights to share? Yes? If I had a little picture of the Buddha, I'd put him on my head. (laughs) We're just channeling the benefactors. Thank you for that. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. My mother just died too, actually, the end of February. And it's a tough one, boy. It's like, who's going to love us like that anymore? Yeah. My sympathy to you. Yeah. Onaje? I can hardly hear you. 
The benefactors are in a circle around here. Hmm. Yeah, the devas. Yeah. So, Anaje said that he could feel the benefactors all around the room sending us love. I felt that too. I felt like the devas were around. The devas love it when you send them metta too. And all the indigenous ancestors here. We love them so much. Hmm. Yes? When you were were channeling everyone's benefactors, I kind of, it was like all these different gold streams of light started kind of going across the room and this huge net of just like pulsating like gold light that was over everybody and it was really warm and coming down and really beautiful. Excellent. So they were channeling gold, beautiful light over all of us. (laughs) All of our benefactors just feeling the intensity of that. You know, it took me a while when I started doing this to realize that, you know, this heart-mind is the person, the the being that's doing that, right? (laughs) So this is our capacity. You know, when we channeled that, that's our capacity particularly the confidence part. Did you feel it? Wow, it's like, let's rest in that for a while. Yeah, we could totally do this, you know? We don't have to be defined by all of the failures and the put-downs and the not-good-enoughs, you know? We're done with that. Our benefactor sees us and thinks we're rocking it. <laughs> That's the truth of it. Thank you. My mom was here too. Hmm? My mom was here too. Oh, yeah. Mm. Back there somewhere? Yeah? No, actually, I think uh, Yong did it yesterday, and I heard from yogis that they loved it. Yeah. Was it Yong? Yeah, yeah, they, people told me they loved it. It was about connecting with nature, and, right? Benefactor? Oh, it was also Benefactor? Oh, I didn't realize that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> And a la John McCransky? No. Oh, another one, okay. And I was able to get in touch with, especially when you just said about how the confidence, I, I, I was thinking of James Brown when you said that. Oh, I love it. Uh-huh. And I'm getting myself. Oh. So 
Yeah. Thank you. That's beautiful. Thanks for sharing that wisdom. This is wisdom democracy. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. It's almost like a, uh, you know, asking people to get in touch with their integrity, you know, and, and just saying, yeah, I know you can do it. And it's for the benefits for your own well-being and happiness and for those in your lives. You can do that. We actually had quite a talk today in one of the groups about how to find a mate. (laughs) (laughs) And the best qualities, how to find, you know, how to know whether someone is good for you. (laughs) It was a good discussion, I thought, wasn't it? Who was in there? Wasn't that good? (laughs) So we decided that um, along those same lines, that that sila or ethical conduct, Ethics are really sexy. (laughs) (laughs) And that, you know, that's something that we can place some trust in to check out their sila. Yeah. Yes? And um, lately I've been so aware that I may not have her much longer. Mm. And so when I'm reminded of that, it really takes my breath away. Mm. And so I I find occasion to go visit her. She's in Chicago. I'm in Boston. And the last time I went to visit her, I sat at her feet. Mm. So when you said she was behind me, um, she started there, but then I was transported to sitting at her feet. Mm -hmm. Did you guys hear that? Oh, it was um, our beautiful Darla back there. She's a benefactor. Um, It was about, um, she shared that just her benefactor, you know, the deep love that she has for her and how, um, you know, she knows that she talked about just being at her feet and feeling the love and the gratitude and the love. You didn't say gratitude, but I could feel it. Yeah. And then about channeling that and realizing that, you know, that person, her benefactor is in her. And, you know, it's the same energy of love and acceptance and support. 
That's what it is. And it's available for all of us. You know, that's, our, that's part of the awakened heart. And it's available for us. Just got to work it. Yes? Yes. Yes. I love that. Yeah. I've been talking to everybody about hermeneutical justice. And it's about exactly that about <laughs> having our own sense of what's meaningful and not letting anybody else define what our social realities are. And, you know, that's what this practice does. It gives us space to do that. Not in a thinking way, in a really deep heart way. It's an expression of justice what we're doing here. And absolutely paying homage to those ancient teachings that are part of our epigenetic expression. Absolutely, thank you. See how much wisdom there is in here. Yes? <laughs> It's very refreshing. Um, for me, what resonated so deeply was the holding and feeling very held by my ancestors and feeling very held by Christ consciousness and Buddha consciousness yeah. and then bringing in that heart. And there was a part when you brought in, think of the part that you couldn't imagine that you did something. And that was so difficult. And what you did that was such a gift for me and people that I look forward to loving on when I return. <laughs> so I was like, oh my gosh, so much clarity was that you helped me to see that sometimes the things that we say, how could someone do that to me? Mm. How dare they? That we are just as capable yes. of that and to open our heart to love and compassion when we think we've been so wronged that the same heart of love that is planted in us is the same heart of love we can show up for those who we think have wronged us. Mm-hmm. And you open such, it's a different understanding of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is. It's a, it's, a, it's a heart-opening understanding. It doesn't mean that I don't acknowledge that you've hurt me. Exactly, I yeah. I recognize that I'm on the trail to learning. Yes. So it's been, that, that hit home for me in a different way. It was, I really appreciate Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, that was an insight, I think, right? It's that, you know, we're all just trying to be happy and people are, you know, deluded and ignorant and just grasping at what will make me happy. And I know that because I see that here every day. It does let us give people like a pass. It does, doesn't it? It's like, I've seen that in here. And it doesn't mean we necessarily reconcile, you know. It could just be that we let go of that pain and hurt and self that's created out of that interaction. That's the big thing. Yeah, thank you. Such wisdom. God, everybody's like blowing up Buddhahood in here. (laughs) One last one. I don't know, where's that confidence? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> 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 I 
um, I just had an experience a little earlier and I came into the into the space and um, I love that statue over there. Oh yeah. It's like spirited. It's fully um, and this the practice today I was imagining, you know Prajna being my benefactor yeah. behind me and I was like, Oh, that spirit is so present and real and what came up for me is the uh, this kind of spiritual injury I've had around um, idols. You know, I grew up Jewish and oh, yeah. idol worship. And, yeah. Um, but I feel the spirit of, like, you know, what they embody. Mm-hmm. And, um, it just felt really good to, like, honor that and to acknowledge it and to, like, lay back in it. Um, so. And that was in deep how? <laughs> <laughs> Let's decolonize. <laughs> that was beautiful. And that, uh, again, I hate to say it again, but that was also hermeneutical justice. Yeah, you're like bringing in the ancestors and letting that work for us. We don't need to let anybody else define what our experience is. I mean, that's part of mindfulness is even knowing that there was no space for even creating that language because somebody else was trying to shove down what that meant, right? And we can say, thank you, but hey, I got my own meaning here. You know, that's part of justice for us. Saying it, that was beautifully said. Thank you. So it's time for walking meditation, which, you know, some people have become fully enlightened doing walking meditation. (laughs) So make sure that you notice all the joy in your heart and the love in your heart. It's good to like savor that and just really feel what that feels like in your body and in your heart. Because sometimes when you need it, you can call it up. Like, where's that love I need you now? It works, it does sometimes. Yeah, thank you all so much for your practice. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.